I don't I don't like it when any any corporations try to be my friend. Like fuck you. Oh no, it's the most facetious thing <laughs> in the world. I hate it. That's where that silence brand meme came from. Yeah, silence silence brand with yeah. the spider I think. Yeah. Just oh my god, just do not pretend that you give a shit about me, company. You don't. Just give me your crappy product, I'll give you my stupid money, and we can just that's that's where the relationship ends. Exactly. I can imagine your boss your boss being like, We're gonna fire you, but we are here for you. No shit. <laughs> so oh, the worst is when off. companies are like, Oh, we're a family. Really? Yeah. You're gonna stand by my bedside when I'm dying at eighty? <laughs> Swear to God. Or when they try to like it, you know, uh, how do you do, fellow kids? Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's frustrating. Which which Konami just did the other day, or no? Was that today? Actually, was it today or yesterday? Time's yeah, they definitely really they, they they one hundred percent. How do you do, fellow kids? Just with the nano machines. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, that was cool of them, though. Fuck y'all. No, <laughs> so it was I, I, not. I, I personally enjoyed seeing some like. I put like there's such a meme culture on Twitter with Metal Gear, and it was nice to see them get involved. Yeah, I really think it was okay. nice to see them get involved. Um, it was weird for them to show up late for Metal Gear Solid 2's birthday party when we were all drunk and like hanging out in the garden, and like there was shit everywhere. The whole the campus had been shut down, and then Dude, the party was up, two like, weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, can I turn up like happy birthday to? <laughs> It was, it was fucked up. In Japan, we mean shit. Okay. If they make the meme thing like a habit and they actually like joke around with fans more, okay. But when you're going to ignore the hell out of Metal Gear on its anniversary yeah. and, and then you show up with a meme. Yeah, it's the equivalent of, 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 of Konami. It's like cheated on its marriage in front of us with with some like with some like you know girl that's way too young for them like it's like some 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 hot college girl that is metal gear rising um and cheated on its marriage to metal gear solid 2 and right in front of us and expects us to say nothing or do not like, tell us that you converted to jesus we know what you do on the weekends <laughs> Fingers. Yo, it's Apache Smash. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. But I can't see them just dropping like memes and stuff on Twitter all the time. Like I I want to. I want to see that. I want to live in a world where they do that. I want to see them shit post daily. But I, I can't see it being consistent. Yeah. Um <laughs> the replies, man. It's brutal. Give us a fucking game. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I showed, um, I posted it to a, a group chat I'm in with the guys from the Snake Soup, and I can't remember which one of them posted it, but it's like the the dying, wilted, like, Wojak, where it's like, please just re-release the games yeah. <laughs> in response. <laughs> so, so, someone post, someone posted me in that. They like photoshopped me into that meme. <laughs> you know, you know, it's it's four p.m. You know that one. I got fucking photoshopped into that. If you, if you, if you, uh, if you take the rip out of um, Metal Gear Rising, 
you better be prepared because you're not you're not going to get bullied by fans of that game. But oh my god, they're meme folders and they have access to Photoshop and they work quick. <laughs> Dude, why would you tweet that? I mean, I know you like kicking the hornet's nest every now and again. What do you mean every every goddamn day? Apache's out here just shooting from the hip. It's like that Bugs Bunny meme. <laughs> you hit the bullseye with that one like just pissing off the metal gear phantom and like he he hits people that like don't know about him too sometimes you can just tell like they're just, they just get pissed off and they have like no clues just like you're just out of your shit posting the best <laughs> so, so, so. ones are the ones that people that like usually when you make when you make those posts you can if if you're savvy, you can tell that it's a joke because it's yeah. like no and one who's would like, post yeah, that. Who's part of the but, boys and just like, yeah. Yeah. But this one. <laughs> so someone replied and they were like, This this is terrible bait. And I'm like, bro, it's got 70 replies. Like, I don't, I don't think that's that a great bait, yeah. <laughs> right. It's that's fresh, man. <laughs> What what was it exactly that you said in the tweet again? Hold on, hold on, I'll get it. I'll read it. I'll read it out. Just completed Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Not a bad game. Enjoyed some parts. What's with that soundtrack though? Really terrible. Not one good song. (laughs) 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 I saw that and I was like, well, um, let's uh, start a GoFundMe for his headstone. (laughs) I remember I wrote it and then I messaged. I messaged. You guys know it's like, I'm dead for this one. (laughs) I'm actually dead for this one. And uh, yeah, I I still haven't played the game. And, you know, the soundtrack's fine. I just, there's a fanatical... Wait, you still haven't even played it? No, I haven't played it. Oh my god. God damn it. (laughs) I feel like I'm the one getting trolled now. Uh, The the picture's just off Google, and I just Googled the name of the game, and I was like, what's the the worst picture here? And it's, like, just a horrible aspect ratio. I know, but when you posted earlier about, like, you're like, I love the Metal Gear Solid trilogy. Like, that just, I don't know. <laughs> your, your, your tweet is evil, and you even replied to me, and you're like, why haven't, why haven't, you, uh, why haven't you answered yet? Because like, you answered in the decided. Discord, but you won't put your answer out on Twitter. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I got Shane to answer. I was like, come on, give it to me. I got her eventually to say the OG trilogy. Well, that's, I don't know, it got me thinking, like, Star Wars, like that's I was like, hmm, if this it was like divided up into like the prequels and like the OG shit, and then like you know, now we have like the sequel era with it, like what would those games be? Don't you don't you dare pretend for a second like if they had the same survey for the Star Wars trilogies that it mm-hmm. wouldn't be insanely one sided. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, there's plenty of people that fucking love the sequels and there's a lot of people that like the prequels and that's like you can't and even there, go out and say and that there's a lot of people with brain damage i mean <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean me and you nitro both said the the og trilogy which which was just metal gear metal gear 2 solid snake and metal gear solid i can live with that i really yeah. can i love metal gear solid too but i can live with that yeah it's weird we were talking about that earlier like the gameplay differences and like what what goes into Metal Gear Solid 2 as a concept and then like actually as like as a game when you sit down to play it. And I think, yeah, for me, Metal Gear Solid 2 is the one that I've played through the least just because for me, like once you get up to, you know, just the plant, just... Uh. Well, you know, it's one of those things, and I've thought a lot about this because it's no mystery that I'm like, I adore that game mm-hmm. and, and everything about it, but it has a huge flaw which is that outside of the context of MGS1, 
it doesn't work. There, the, it, it just doesn't function. The entire point of that game is to take MGS1 and sort of look at it through this lens of, well, uh, legends should be questioned. How do we interpret sequels? How do we interpret, uh, in, in a, you know, sort of a broader context, games? Uh, and it doesn't really work on its own. If you went into that game not having played MGS1, you know, they're going to they're going to spell out references for you, but they're not going to resonate. You know, they're just like flashbacks to something that you really don't have any firsthand knowledge of. Yeah, yeah but it still plays great. The gameplay holds up. And the gameplay is great. great. Yeah. yeah, like the gameplay itself is good. You can st- you can appreciate it without having played Metal Gear Solid 1. Even though you can't fully appreciate it, you can still have a great experience playing Metal Gear Solid 2 as your first Metal Gear game. Um, yes, but it's... The whole reason that Metal Gear Solid 2 is so revered is because that relationship with its predecessor elevates it to that point. Without that, it's just kind of another game, you know? I mean, it's a very good game, but that little bit extra comes from that relationship with with MGS1. Like, I was talking to Fingers about this earlier, like the scenario design in the game. Um, One of the most annoying aspects in the game is the bomb disposal. Yeah, that's when I check out pretty much. I'm like, God damn it. Right, because you're just trekking across the big shell in a big circle to try and get this stuff done. And then you finish it and you find out that deactivating all the bombs actually activates the big one, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's a really annoying revelation, but it works in the context of echoing what happened in MGS1 with the PAL keys, where you had to, you know, you had to put in the first PAL key, then you had to heat the key, then you had to freeze the key, and you f- go through all this work and all this backtracking and you're finally done, and what happens? It activates Rex. So, like, all your work was for naught. You've been, uh, you know, been played all along. That effort you put in and the sudden meaninglessness of the effort is what made it impactful. And MGS2 doesn't have that same impact, but that's not what it's trying to do. It's trying to uh, bring up the memory of when that happened to you in the previous game. But without that memory, you still have the fantastic voice acting as you defuse each bomb and the mystery of like what, you know, every time you defuse a bomb, you can call Stillman and he'll be like, no, no, something's not right here. And it just leads up to it. And then you find out that information. It's still very rewarding. I think it is. I just think it's not as impactful as it, as it would be without that extra context. And the fact, I mean, even to that point, the fact that Stillman sort of projects that this is, very obviously a setup in some regard. Yeah, you have uh, you know, the, uh, it's something I love about, uh, about Metal Gear in general is, um, it will, it will give you the mandatory codex every other bomb. Uh, I think every other bomb gives, it gives you a forced right, codex right, where right. he will tell you, but you can call him after every single one. And there's a, there's an explanation for every single bomb you defuse. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, the fact that they're mandatory after every single one means that when you do them in a different order the next time around, presuming that you didn't call the first time, it feels like a fresh experience, like the game's adapting to how you're playing it. Yeah, I, I, I've seen it done one way so long that when I see the cuts, the, the codex trigger in different places, it still weirds me out. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? Why, why are you getting a call? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just the, uh, this, the whole like strut layout to it too. It's just like, that just makes it like, I don't know. 
a schlep going all the way back. Well, yeah, so, it so feels like a video game map, but that's, yeah. again, you could argue kind of the point. Does it look like a double helix? <laughs> um, yeah. See, someone asked that, and I was like, I, I think it does. I can yeah, see kinda. it. And just the fact that Solidus talks about double helix as well. Well, they're also supposed supposed to kind of look like molecules. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, which you know is echoed in that intro cutscene. Do you remember um, in Team Fortress Two, orange maps? No. The orange maps were like they basically what they were. They were huge maps, but they had very um, low amounts of, not low amounts of details, but they were like one color. And the big shell kind of looks like an orange map from TF2. Let me drop. Let me show you a picture of one. Yeah, see what I yeah, mean. yeah. Drop it in live chat. I want to see that. I mean, M- MGS One is extremely grounded in reality, and MGS Two is very much designed to feel, you know, kind of artificial, superficial. But again, like that's the point, and 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 like. This is the whole argument with media that quote unquote subverts your expectations. You know, and everybody hates that discussion, but like that struggle to make something that is entertaining and it encourages introspection and examination while also not being condescending to the audience and still being fun and enjoyable in and of itself, right? Like it's so easy to make something that's so for lack of a better word, clever, that it loses the audience because it's like, all right, yeah, you're you're real clever, but it doesn't really matter because I didn't have a good time, right? Yeah. And and MGS2, um, there are definitely areas of that where, you know, that first time through the game, you feel like, you know, I'd rather be having a good time playing the, the proper sequel to MGS2 that I was promised with that tanker footage than whatever the hell this is. Uh, and, and and that, you know, contributed to a lot of the backlash. But but I think, you know, it's it's aged very well and it rode that line better than it could have. Um, and the minimalism of of the big shell is is one of those things that sort of rides that line a bit. Um, yeah, that map looks kind of crazy. How does how they, would that even play? They, 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 they were literally done because obviously, like when we all played Team Fortress 2, our computers kind of suck. So having the less details possible would mean more people could play at a better frame rate. Um, and they're easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was lots of them. And some of them were, like, so popular. They were as popular as the actual maps that the, that were put into the game. Yeah, it looks like a dev um, map. Yeah. And it always even then, it always reminded me of the plant in, in MGS2, which is not to say the plant isn't detailed, but there, there is something removed that helps it run better. Like it's, well, it's, it's very it's, starkly minimalist. Yeah, and I'm not saying this looks just like MGS2, but you know, <laughs> there's no. It, it, I, I, yeah, sure. I see it. If I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna get pretentious, I'm gonna get real fucking pretentious, and I'm gonna call it retro futuristic brutalism. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that too. But you admitted on the Well Read Mage podcast that this was a long con to have a soapbox in the Metal Gear community. We did say that. Oh shit! You guys listen to that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We I caught you in 4K, motherfucker. Just oh kidding. no. <laughs> um, you know a little bit. <laughs> and and that's why I wanted to ask was just because uh, I mean I 
I thought I I learned some stuff from that conversation. So <laughs> maybe we could get that dude on here. Oh my god, gonna be on. Gonna be roasted tonight. Um, yeah, honestly, uh, that was part of why I wanted to start it. Uh, because I did have a lot of stuff I wanted to say, but um, I understood that like not everybody gives a shit what I have to say. And it would be better to have other people on, not just to to fill it, but um, to offer contrary views, because sometimes I'm full of shit and I need to be called on that. And uh, God, you know, if I just keep talking, maybe you'll forget that I said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In all seriousness, I, um, uh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I also liked, uh, I'm pretty sure a million people have said this before, but I liked it when the dude said, uh, I forget his name, but he said, uh, yeah, he told his wife, Metal Gear, she was like freaking out watching her, watching Metal Gear Solid 2 cutscenes, and he says something like, yeah, this game's going to figure you out for you figure out the game. Yeah, that was pretty good. I liked that. God, now I feel really awkward. I'm sorry for I, putting you on the no, spot there. No. <laughs> because, there like, obviously... There wasn't I've that said, much Metal Gear Solid news this week, okay, man? We gotta... No, no we it's We gotta good. talk about Nitroid. I mean, Kojima wants to go to the moon. Kojima That's, wants to go to the moon, and now he's, like, straight up, I'm gonna make movies and and soundtracks. Yeah, he's finally getting his, like, music division, and, yeah. They've got some office in L.A. now. He watches reruns of old Star Trek. We are the same. <laughs> yeah, but same. you can you can tell he does not care for it. He said he's not a Trekkie. Yeah, so we know he's not a gay and he's not a Trekkie. There's those two things. Maybe, maybe we're not the same. A week. <laughs> <laughs> I did like a week or so ago when um, he was like, "I put on Cowboy Bebop on Netflix and then I changed my mind." Yeah. Like I've never <laughs> oh seen something God, so scathing yeah. from him. On it. <laughs> that is the closest I've ever seen him. Uh, get to saying he didn't like something. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, everybody knows the Captain Marvel tweet where he was, you know, he'll he'll go on like a, a diatribe explaining the impact that a film had on him and and like the meaning he extracted from it and how it relates to an experience he had in his life. And he'll do this for almost every movie he sees. And then for that, it was just saw Captain Marvel. Saw Captain Marvel. Any, I think that he has some a bit of empathy for creators because I kind of got yeah. that from like his book where he's like, yeah, you know, there are some books where like I'll read through it and I just know it's not for me, but it is what it is where right. I think other people may seem a little more outraged that they're displeased. But yeah, and you know, that's always something I've really respected about him and I've tried to do that more myself. I'm not great at that. Um but when you put as much work into the things you create as he does, uh, yeah, it, it I can imagine it would change your perspective on any creative work where you're going to your first thought is going to be, I wonder how much work they put into this, regardless of, of how it turns out in the end. You know, that's that's going to be at the forefront of your mind. Yeah, yeah he's um, never really disrespectful with it. No. Yeah. But that was funny. Once you're like privy to how the process actually works and how much effort goes into creating anything, I think he's going to have just more. Pe people are very quick to like 
call something the worst thing ever and really shit all over a piece of work. And because he's just more involved in that process, I, I think he just just wouldn't do that. I think a lot of creators are probably the same. To that point, and I hate to make this about software development, but I kind of feel <laughs> that way, like working in software development and seeing like critiques of certain, not necessarily like critiques of specific criticisms of games, because, you know, sometimes shitty games are just shitty games. But like when people demand like, like certain balance, like drastic balances to a game or they're like, why hasn't this feature been implemented or this small feature has been implemented over this big feature? And I'm like, you guys need to understand story points, backlog, like impediments. Yeah, there so, was that whole argument this week where people were kind of talking about like, th- there will just be like a group of people who were like, yeah, I want to throw like $100,000 at an idea and here, make this video game happen. And it's like, dude, you do not realize how much you know money and time it takes for these things to happen. You know, so, you know there's a, there is a, a related phenomenon to this that, you guys are reminding me of. I may have actually mentioned it in the past, but um, uh, the the guy who most famously is known for writing Jurassic Park, Michael Crichton, uh, coined a term called the Gelman amnesia effect. Have you ever heard of this? Mm-mm. Okay, so I'm just going to quote what he says about it, uh, and it'll drive you crazy because you'll immediately get, you'll you'll immediately empathize with it. So it goes like this. Briefly stated, the Gell-Mann amnesia effect is as follows. You open the newspaper to an article on sub- some subject you know well. Uh, in you know one person's case, it could be physics. In another person's case, it could be show business. You read the article and see the journalist has absolutely no understanding. Oh, yeah, we've either... talked about this. Yeah, yeah, right. So like you we're read it. We talked about this when we're talking about like Reddit or something. Yeah, so you read it. Just to, just to recap, you read it. You're like, oh, the person writing on this has absolutely no idea what they're talking about. This is my specialty, and they're completely clueless. And then you turn the page and read an article uh, about some subject you don't know, and you take it at face value because you're not familiar with it. And you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, that seems right. And like, we all do it, you know, and and that's sort of, uh, you know, I think how a lot of people who play games sort of look at the process of game making is they think it I, I know we're kind of treading old ground here but it you know gets into the whole romanticizing thing and and not understanding the process on the topic of the process um i wonder if like kojima is also sort of looking at like and i, I think i use a similar term on twitter like sort of looking at horizontally producing in a way that like you know he'll be able to make for instance music for his games or yeah. like a movie supplementing some like X and Y, like, yeah, I, like, cause I kind of saw a bit of that with, you know, him working with like, there were clearly some songs that were provided by Sony that weren't meant for the death stranding soundtrack, or they were like very, like slightly tangibly related to the death soundtrack. Yeah. Um, so I expect more of that. And I'm a sucker for like move, like pop, movie soundtracks i love that shit in the 90s so are we heading for like a hideo kojima media empire is that the the end of the road here is that where he's heading see like i don't know if it's because of all the gta controversy but i'm now just picturing like a donald love type situation (laughs) where you're starting gang wars I saw him talking about that uh, Arcane series. You know, he's like really gushing about that and how they used uh, what was it Woodkids music in that, and was just yeah. like, 
you know. Yeah. He was like, oh, my God, this. So I think, yeah, he, he is trying to curate something, like, other than video games where he has the full control over the experience, I think, and just doing it with, film, you know, something that you watch and don't necessarily play. Mm-hmm. So I'm here for it. It is kind of cool that I guess technically Kojima Productions LA is back now in a, in a sense, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's definitely not what it was, 2. but, 0. you know, yeah, yeah in spirit, it's there. Uh, except now, I wonder if it's going to be exclude like, OK, so he mentions that, like, this is going to be geared towards film and music, right? So more general media creation. But I wonder if that excludes games or includes games. Because, like, the idea behind KPLA in the first place was that they were going to be, like, a supplemental development studio that could work more closely with American media companies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's clearly, you know, sort of, te- you know, uh, related to what he's doing with, with the new L.A. branch, but uh, the goal seems a lot broader. So I wonder if they're going to have any sort of game production facet to them. It'll be interesting to see how the businesses, the different businesses integrate. I mean, this is just, this is all completely speculative. Like, yeah, but, um, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I would be interested to see how he integrates those businesses. Like fingers said, you know, he's all about curating the entire experience. So that's a you line right there. (laughs) We're bouncing it back and forth, man. Okay. Okay. I'm stealing that from you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of falls together. Hopefully there is some integration there. I'd be really disappointed if he was just like all this stuff was like independent. I mean, he's he's very clearly going to be able to get this thing up and running uh, and and have it function in a way that it has uh, quite a bit of influence just from the fact that he's constantly rubbing elbows with. uh you know, everybody in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, wasn't he at like a uh, a launch event recently for uh, last night in Soho? I think I did see him at some like red carpet type thing. Yeah, I think that might have been the Japanese launch of the film. I'm not sure exactly, but the fact that he's involved in the promotion of the movie at all is is just kind of notable. And I mean, it's Edgar Wright, and and you know they've. They know each other. Edgar Wright had a cameo in Death Stranding. It's just the the sheer magnitude of how many connections he has made. <laughs> uh, connections. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. I mean, you can yeah. say that was part of the point, but it's funny. Um, God, that would be so fucking diminishing if all that messaging in Death Stranding was just about Kojima networking with celebrities. <laughs> networking is important. It's... <laughs> God, That's it's crazy to think, though, that like all of these people that he's making connections with uh, are just in. And I hate to reduce it to this, but in large part because of Metal Gear, you know, I mean, it's I, I like to look at it as like a, a, a product of the 20 year cycle in a sense that um, I'm so, OK. Like, for example, like we grew up on anime. I can't believe that. Uh, like for the next 10 years after for the next 10 years, I was like, man, I can't believe I went on it, like grew up on anime. And then the people who grew up on anime started producing and were taking making media that was inspired or refined by like the anime. Exactly. Aesthetic, the anime edgy aesthetic that we had from like the 90s, yeah. late 90s, early 2000s. But to that point, 
Uh, you know, now you have all these kids who grew up on Metal Gear, who grew up on war games, um, who grew up <laughs> on Metal Gear. Now they're grown, and now Kojima's telling them, oh, I like their film. So it's like, it's Smart. a cycle. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely positioning himself well, and this is going to be interesting. I just, I'm just trying to imagine what in the world a, a film by Kojima will look like. And I know, you know, the, 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 the instant thing to, to imagine is something akin to Metal Gear cutscenes. And we've, we've talked about this before, but like, that's, you know, a multitude of hours stitched together with gameplay they don't function the same. If Kojima's going to make a film, yeah. it's going to have to be structured and paced like a film. It's going to be a very different animal from what we're used to seeing. Um, I think, too, like, if you look at, like, the Ground Zeroes cutscenes, like, where it's, you know, the yeah. camera work, where, you know, you've got all these, like, Dutch angles and all that type stuff going on, it's, you know, I think he's definitely going to lean into something more of that. I just, I don't know what to think. You could go, like, the whole, like, David Lynch route with it and just be fucking weird. Um <laughs> It's so weird, like, going back to X years ago, like, 10 to 15 years ago, people would just make this show, like, Kojima should just make movies. And now here we are, talking about his studio. <laughs> He's like, fine. What a middle finger to those people. Did you like that, bitch? He said 80% of his uh, body was movies anyway, so. Yeah, uh, but now it's down to 70%. What the fuck? Is it? Did we lose yeah. 10%? It's 70%, 70 yeah. Yeah. Has it always been 70 I think so. Oh, God damn it. Who knows? Maybe it's changed. Maybe it's like 72% now. <laughs> Got the Mandela effect. We need to have a constant scientific study to accurately measure the consistency of <laughs> and the ratio of film to game in his body at any given time. <laughs> Got to keep it in balance. We're losing him. We're losing him. He's going more film. Yeah, it's going to go 50-50 soon. <laughs> oh, God. Just do what anime. If that's, what if that's just his way of like always letting us know? He's like, hey, I know he's going to be doing games. I got, I got bigger dreams in my mind. <laughs> At some point, it's going to show up like 5% that energy drink he's always taking pictures of. 1% <laughs> Mads Mickelson appreciation. It's got to be at least 2 right? 2%. But um, what if he just doesn't do any of that and just goes to the moon? Yeah. <laughs> he did get that SpaceX invite a while back. And if William Shatner can go to space, I mean, you know, <laughs> he 10, 20 said years. That in his tweet. He was like, and by the way, William Shatner did it. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a fair point. I'm just saying he could do it. Was he trying to say like, and he's older than me. Like, I'm not that old. So fuck him. Like, go <laughs> well, by the time he's that age, we probably will be going to the moon. Honestly, it would be interesting. Um, I would like to see him get the opportunity to go to space. I mean, he's made enough space-centric games, you know? And yeah. he clearly wants to do something else with that <clears throat> game, just based on some of the concept art that he showed off. And everybody knows about the thing with the boss and, you know, Metal Gear, yeah. Metal Gear Solid 3 with the, uh, what is it, the overview effect? Is that what it was called? Yeah, I mean... Any kid who grew up during that time period is going to romanticize space just due to the space race. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he did Police Knots, which goes, you know, very heavily into, yeah, we're going to end up in space at some point. But there are all of these issues that might arise when we get there that we're not yeah. thinking about now. 
Um, which which the game does such an awesome job at like explaining all that exposition oh, wise. Yeah. Like it's it's so full of that. Just like oh yeah, and by the way, we gotta worry about this part too. It's just like oh damn it, that, that would suck actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Zone of the Enders, which is a game that just refuses to be successful despite how good it is, and it kills me. Yeah, full disclosure, Nitroid. Like when we were trying to think up shit to talk about this episode. Nitroid is like. Guys, guys, we should maybe we can make it a zone of the enders episode. And man, silence. It's <laughs> sorry. It's so hard to like because at this point, okay, Zone of the Enders has become a series that everybody respects but nobody buys. And and they keep like I mean, I played it and it was just it, it didn't really grab me. Like I, I played it and I was like, okay, that was fine, that was good, but it was just something that I didn't really like want to revisit. I'm just not really that big on games with huge robots in them. Yeah, like the gameplay was very repetitive <laughs> and samey for it. But yeah, god damn it, Apache. <laughs> okay, well, which one did you play though? Did you play one or two? I played both of them. See, two was better than one, but you know, yeah, just, I really enjoyed two over one. Especially, yeah, like the the story in two was great, but it's just like as far as like playing the game, having a good time, it just it wasn't, it didn't really click with me on that level, like of being like great. It's it's not the same sort of sandbox experience that you get from a Metal Gear title. Oh sure, it, but I haven't played it uh, in VR, and I do know that that probably takes it to a whole nother level. Um. Yeah, uh, Psy Games did a remarkable job with the VR conversion. Um, I was even at E3 that year when they had it in VR and didn't play it. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I'm no. good. <laughs> Is that when they... Dave Levery's like, hey, man, you want to play Zone of the Enders? I was like, you can even get some free socks with it. And I was just like... Ah. <laughs> you turned down free I socks. Those socks. I you put my hand up and I was like, I'm good, dude. I don't really dude. want to play Zone of the Enders. I've played it. <laughs> I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> somewhat off topic but uh i did some like i was doing some like booths for my company and i will never forget giving out socks and people went fucking ape shit for swag socks i wanted I the socks but i didn't want to play the game for the <laughs> what socks. the fuck <laughs> a small price they, to pay for a pair of socks did they have the booths set up that looked like the the orbital frame cockpit yeah God, I'm so mad at you right now. I <laughs> wanted to do that, and I wanted... I actually sent a message asking if they had any socks left over. So... Because I really wanted to get a pair. I was like, dude, I will pay for them. I'm just, not a, I'm just not a Zone of the Enders guy. Like, I just... I don't really like it. I don't know. Oh, it's my God, my so thing. what? It was an experience, man. You get to do you VR know? in a robot. Yeah. So, when, when they announced they were doing uh, Zone of the Enders, uh, the second game in VR... My first thought was that's going to suck because there's no way you could possibly do that without it being like the most vomit inducing experience. Yeah. Like how given the way those things move, could you possibly do it in VR? It's just going to be the, a disorienting mess. Um, and no, they actually did a fantastic job uh, at making it playable in VR. They keep it very stable and steady and it's a lot of fun. And um you don't even need to have the VR turned on. So Psy Games actually produced the best version of that game that you can get. And it's on PC, which is freaking great. So Zone of the Enders 2 stands now for all time. 
It's probably on Steam sale right now. And if it's not on Steam sale right now, it'll be on Steam sale for Christmas. So. Oh, it's it's like dirt cheap constantly. Like I've seen it for like five bucks. It's it, if you're not getting that game for five bucks, it's it's worth more. Just get it. Um, yeah. Does it have uh, any historical footage in it? <laughs> God. I'm still not like we need to I'm buy it cry. now. I'm worried about it. Or... No, no, okay. thankfully. Um, it. Uh, I wish they would have done the same with the first game, though I get that the first game is not as polished or as revered as the second one. Um, but man, it's just like... Yeah, you know, the first game only arguably sold as well as it did because it came with the demo for Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it it sold fairly well in North America. I don't know how it did in, in Japan. Uh, assumedly it did well there as you know as well but even at the time when that came out people were joking you know that hey you know we you buy the metal gear solid 2 demo you get zone of the enders for free it's like the you oldest said that on the, the podcast i too. did say it it's true though and i did it and everybody did it that's that's why we got zone of the enders and if you made the smart enough decision to pop that disc in when you were done playing the demo like 20 times it was actually pretty good um, it had a lot of rough edges, but there was a lot of creative stuff in it, like uh, the you know changes in the plot, depending on how many civilians you let get hurt, stuff like that. I think one one key thing I remember people pointing out, and I, I thought this was pretty cool when I was a kid, was like you don't win at the end, like you lose yeah. the battle to Anubis. Oh, oh, what was was it Anubis? Yeah. Um, I read. Uh, I can't remember where I read this. It was an. It, it might take it as an anecdote. But I could swear that Kojima was talking about how one of his main uh, uh, reasons for wanting to make Zone of the Enders uh, was because he wanted to 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 work on a game where you had to run away from the final boss. And and to be clear, you know, it, it, Zone of the Enders is often attributed to him, but it is not a game that he directed or wrote. Uh, he he just sort of acted as a producer. A lot of the credit there goes to to Noriaki Okimura, who has you know produced a number of the Metal Gear games, including like Portable Ops. So, I mean, he's 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 old school Konami, but um, you know Kojima's name gets gets put on it because he added his producer role. And because let's face it, you see Kojima's name on a game, you're probably going to buy it if you know that name. Um, and uh, and and Okimura and and Shuya Murata wrote the story. Um, so it's, uh, it's got a Kojima influence to it, but it's, you know, it's its own thing. It's, it's, it's his team sort of going off on their own and, and, and trying something new, but, you know, because the game did well on paper, uh, that was what, in, you know, sort of encouraged the development of a sequel and the sequel kind of tanked despite the fact that it is phenomenal. Dude, you get to go back and whoop Anubis's ass. Like. Yeah. I mean, it's a gorgeous game. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. It's it's fluid. It's smooth. If you are someone who likes mech games or high speed action games, if you like Armored Core and just wish it was more, you know, it's like if Armored Core and Devil May Cry had a baby like that's what Zone of the Enders is. And <laughs> I go. Yeah. And I love it. Um. But, you know, the second game didn't do that well. And the only other game that really came out was like a Game Boy game. And then they keep trying to do these HD remasters and they try to get a third game off the ground and they just don't sell. 
I mean, nobody bought the HD collection. Nobody bought well, wasn't Mars. Wasn't the HD collection, like, pro- programmatically, like, funky? Yes. Yeah, it had a lot of issues at launch, and it just didn't do well. But uh, if I remember right, Kojima cited that as one of the reasons that a third game didn't get off the ground. Because uh, they were showing off, like, <sighs> there was a point before the HD collection came out where they were, ex- like, poking around at different ideas. Uh, Kojima tweeted a photo years back that like showed some concept logos for like Anubis 2 and Anubis is the name of the sequel in Japan like in, in Japan it's called Anubis Zone of the Enders in the in America it's called uh, Zone of the Enders the second runner so Anubis is the, the official name of the sequel so like he had Anubis 2 and then he had like ZOE 3DS and and you know then they were doing like uh, Project Enders or um was that was it Project? It was either no, I think it was Ender's Project, and it was this really gothic-looking version of Zone of the Enders that they were saying, "Hey, uh, we would like to do this at some point. This is our idea. It's like a new direction," and it just didn't take off. I mean, this is this is a series that had like a full-on anime series. It had an OVA. It had like a Game Boy Advance tactical RPG, um, all of this stuff, and they just tried and tried and tried to turn it into this big series. Like Konami wanted their own big mech series, and it just refuse to take and i don't know why i think just like for me the gameplay was just way too repetitive like it's you know it it didn't draw me that's like i just got bored with it like i wanted it to be over you know like that was like when i feel that with a game i just i don't know nothing was ever pulling me back into it whereas like metal gear it's like the complete opposite like there's tons of it that brings me back in it but with that, for me, it was like a one and done. Like it was a rental. I was like, "Cool, I'm glad I played it." Like it was, it wasn't objectively bad. It was just, it was just a lot of the same yeah. shit over and over, gameplay wise. And I was like, "All right, cool. This is basically just a, a shoot 'em up." You know, what's just- weird is I feel that way about Armored Core to a degree, and I get that Armored Core has like a lot of uh, customization uh, options built in. But but I always felt like after playing an Armored Core game, I was done and I didn't want to go back, but I didn't get that out of Zone of the Enders. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just biased because I really liked it. You know, it just it just resonated with me. Yeah, I mean, everybody has their own stuff that they're into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like Guard a lot, the first one. <laughs> and that is a that is kind of a slog of a game. Um, Another ooh. one like uh, like Front Mission, like a lot of people are. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, weirdly, I can't get into Musou games. If you can believe that. Wow. I'm actually. Yeah. No, I'm not surprised by that. I get bored in like ten minutes. I can't. Do yeah, it. I did play through Hyrule Warriors one, and then I like got the second one, and I played about ten minutes of it, and I was like, Nah, I can't do this again. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the same thing with Dynasty Wars. Like every time I looked at that game, I was just like, So this is all you do? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It just I. It's Drakengard is plays like a Musou uh that's been mixed with uh Ace Combat. I mean that's by design. That's if you ask the developers, that's pretty much what they say is what they were doing. Um where you've got like the ground combat where you're just going up against these endless hordes of enemies and then you hop on a dragon and you're flying through the sky doing these ace combat style missions. Um so I mean there's variety there and the fact that the story is incredibly fucked up. Uh, that kind of kept me tied in, but like Dynasty Warriors, I don't, I just can't get into Yo, it. Yo, uh, the Berserk one was pretty fun, though. 
Bueller, you played that one. I did not, but that I bet that is good. You know, yeah. Drakengard is kind of uh, in the same vein as Berserk. If you have not, uh, if you like Berserk, you probably like uh, Drakengard. It's it's a little weird. Can I plug something real quick? Sure. Wait, hold on. Before you do, I don't want to change the subject. If nobody knows, like, before we change the subject to Sony Enters, if you guys don't know this, and this is also promoting Ann Walker, which comes out next week, uh, both me and Nitroid play 14, but Nitroid, Nitroid's character is named Dingo Egret. I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> and I tried I've, to make I've, him look like him. Yeah, I've given Nitroid, like, criticism. I'm like, you need to change your character to an Elzen because that fits more of Dingo's body style. Yeah, you're We're not trying wrong. to make this RPing stuff work, man. I'm boring. I'm always the guy who plays RPGs and then like picks the human. That's like every RPG I've ever played. <laughs> ever. I picked, no. I, I was originally human, but then I just switched to the, the dragon people, the Aura. I'm creative in real life when I my fantasy is being normal. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to play Final Fantasy Online because I, I know it's good and you, well you've seen the way I play games um, I can't just drop 16 hours a day into that game but I will because it, it looks really good but I just Dude, I can't do it you're about to go fucking hard on RE2 apparently right? yeah I just started playing it today it's so good oh, oh my god it's dude, so good we need to stream it for me but yeah please dude like I, I've yeah I, I, I mean, you, I don't. I, I've only played a little bit so far, but this is looking like game of the year, guys. This is really good. <laughs> this is. Yeah, I've heard this RE2 remake thing is kind of good. <laughs> We're one step closer to being the Mikami frequency. Oh my god! When can we? Uh, when can we expect a blindfolded run with this? Oh well, you know, it's always on my mind when I play games now. Like I've, I've, I've like poisoned my brain. The other day, I was watching someone play Worms Armageddon, and I was like, I wonder if you could play this blindfolded. And so when I play, <laughs> when I'm playing RE2, I'm like, I'm working out. I like, I like pushing. I, I like run up to the wall, and I'm like, right. The whole way I'm like running down a corridor, I'm like, right, what sound is this making on the ground? Yeah. And does it change when I go onto a different terrain? Because obviously, like walking upstairs and walking on normal ground sound completely mm-hmm. different. It's like, what happens when I touch the wall? Do I hear it? Because in, you know, Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid 3, you can hear yourself flatten out against the wall, right? So that's like a really a, a super good indicator. So I'm always thinking about that in games now. Especially with, like, zombies, too. Like, you know, Dude. like, if you're making contact with the zombie, you know, if, like, they actually grab you and stuff. So if, you, if you're if you playing, like, really evasive, you know, and just, like, dodging the zombies, you can get it down to, like, where ru- where rooms yes. are easily clearable. Like, you're not yes. thinking about this big enough, guys, because I want to know how he's going to handle Mr. X and the foot stomping blindfold. Dude, that's, oh, well, that's he's the easy best. Shit. Yeah, That's not when you can't see and he's randomized. Of, That's the best app. No, 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 no. You're not. No, he's. Oh, my God. You're about to set me off. Um, <laughs> this is the perfect application of the blindfold. And I'm not going to get into depth with it. But if, if you're really quiet and you understand scripted where, where Mr. X goes, like, comes out, like, by the script. That I think you can handle him blindfolded. Yeah, I, like, I think he. I think he's going to be fine. I mean, obviously, I've seen people play this game. I'm just playing it for the first time myself yeah. now. Um, but there is an option in the in the sound options on even on the console version, and I was really impressed with the inclusion of this. But there's radial sound, 
based on distance, and you can turn it off. Because Ooh. in Blindfolded, you don't always want that. For, for example, um, in MGS3, you don't have it. So you have a very flat sound. I'm sorry, any, anyone that thinks MGS3 audio is amazing, it's not. It's got problems. Um, it's a very <laughs> flat sound. If you're, if, you're in, if you're fighting the Fury, you can hear if he's on the left or if he's on the right. If he's in the same lane as you, it will still default to one side, so you won't hear it like... Um, oh, it's in, not like center oh, channel. No. Yeah, Shit. it won't like center correctly. It will, but it should. It doesn't center how it actually happens on screen, and you can't hear if he's behind you or in front of you. So you only get left and right, and that's it. Okay. Yeah. Oof. It's not like yeah. Sometimes oh, that sounds like a nightmare. Sometimes that's super useful to have, but uh, you know, a lot of the time you're going to want a little bit more information than that. Um, okay, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I gotta go off about this. I gotta go off about this. So okay, there's a video about this. There's two Mr. X's, right? Like, when it's not scripted, there's two Mr. X's. And I, I was meant to explain this to Apache, like, at some point via DMs. And I, I'm probably going to fuck this up. There's one that is, like, sort of just going around the building. And um, there's a scripted one, and then there's the one going around the building. And... Fuck, never mind. Can you cut this out? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Like, No, there's so much I have to teach you, man. And I don't want to backseat yeah, well, when game. We, when when but... we finish, I'm, I'm ready. You know, I'll stream it to you. I'm down. Yeah. I feel bad for plugging what I wanted to plug now because we're kind of really far away from that. I'm so I'm, sorry. It's okay sorry. because so that was... sorry. Because I am dying to watch Apache play this. This is like, um, this is like the third game I've played in 2021, so I'm, I'm like so excited. This is like the third... I played MGS3 on Metal and now RE2. Dude, I cannot <laughs> I wait this. to explain to you the Chris Redfield memes of oh him. Oh my god. I'm not even... Oh my god. Yeah, I know We're what you're saying. We're gonna have so much fun. I know. Yep, we'll have to censor it. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, just before I forget, uh, if anybody cares uh, about Zone of the Enders, or you want to learn more, or you just want to see a bunch of cool stuff, uh, the de facto website for everything Zone of the Enders is zoneoftheenders.org. And it has everything. It is an archive of practically every single release for any type of merchandise uh, related to the game. It's got story information. Um, it's been around for ages. Uh, the guy who's running it has been really diligent anytime, you know, even if it's sitting there for ages and nothing happens, if there's a little bit of zone of the enders news, he usually pops on to post it and then just, you know, goes back to the void <laughs> to wait for more. Um, but go check it out. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's a nice glimpse I'll, into the, I'll co-sign this. Like, I don't really care about zone of the enders, right? But Nitroid told me to check out this website. This website is one of the best looking websites you will see. It's it's really really worth look, worth checking out, even if you even if you're not huge into Zone of the Enders. And if you are yeah. and you haven't heard of it, like how has that even happened? Go and look at that website now. And it's very old school. Like it comes from a different age of web design that isn't really used anymore. Where it's it's very themed uh, to to fit the atmosphere of the game. It's it's awesome. Uh, you know, it just yeah, go check it out. Um, there there are not a lot enough Zone of the Enders fans out there. Can we put it in the Spotify description? Like I've seen people do that before. Yeah, yeah, I would like to do or, that. 
I don't know. Yeah, we don't we don't have a guest or anything, so we can throw like relevant links into the description. It's really cool. Wonder if I can get okay. Okamura on here. He probably uh I'm I'm pretty sure he doesn't speak English, but you know. You know, small details. Yeah, this website is definitely like from an era of like fucking web rings. Oh yeah. When the web wasn't just three websites. When people gave a shit. Yeah. <laughs> And it wasn't just, you know, pick pick which cookies we're going to force on you. Yeah, this is dope. Okay, this is going to be in my mind, like, all fucking day. So I sent you guys, I put on live chat the video explaining how Mr. X works. <laughs> <laughs> how would you compare it to, like, the, uh, the alien in Alien Isolation? <sighs> because there have been AI studies on that game. Yeah, no, there's, there's, it's not as, com it's not as, I, I would not say that it's as, as, as sophisticated. It's not the, the primary focus of Resident Evil 2 Remake. It's just one aspect of it. So obviously they're not going to put most of their time into Mr. X when they've got the rest of the game to make. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Alien Isolation, the alien is the focus. It's like the center point of the entire experience. But both of them probably have something in common with where it's like there's the stalker mode of like where it's like trying to find you. And then, like you said, there's like the script, the scripted thing where it's like the jump scare, like where it like re-triggers it. Yeah. And then it starts stalking you again. So it's like that that triggered sequence like it knows to back off normally yeah. in, be in between a zone where you're like safe. And then it kind of comes out at you again and then, you know, it starts to chase again. So, yeah. And the like more AI like sequence. Yeah, and the more countermeasures you use against the alien, it just it it'll get more daring if you keep relying on the same ch tricks over and over. Yeah, this is something that I look. I'm glad that Kojima got away from Metal Gear. I really am. But hypothetically, if he were to do another one, <laughs> I would. <laughs> I hear Furious typing. Oh no. <laughs> um, I'm 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 so sorry. Here's another one about him. It, it goes. The video goes. So the video goes out of bounds. This one goes. The video goes out of bounds on the RPD to show you exactly how like his AI works and how there's like. Yeah, we'll have to link these. Shout out boundary break. Yes. Can we get boundary break on here? Yeah, we should be able to. That would yeah. be fun. We should do that because I think he would get a kick out of some of the MGS2 stuff. Well, you know, I'm glad that something came out of my like manic episode about Mr. X. <laughs> so, but yeah. Yeah, you know, just to finish that thought, if there were another Metal Gear, if Kojima were to do another Metal Gear, if just another Metal Gear period, uh, I would love to see how Metal Gear would handle a stalker type enemy. Mm. I thought that's what the man on fire was going to be. Right? That's what I thought yeah. too. And it wasn't. Such an underutilized, yeah. I'm just picturing MGS3, but the Fury keeps randomly turning up in rooms. I'm terrified, <laughs> honestly. God, it wouldn't work in MGS5's open world, though, because you need those... When you have an open world and a stalker-type enemy, it's not as effective because you've got too much free-range emotion. You know, it's yeah, not as it, intimidating. Just get the truck actually, and drive it, away. <laughs> yeah. Later, later, boy. There's a bit of a, like, <laughs> I, I see there's two types of people in the RE, RE fandom. There's ones who are like, once you understand Mr. X, I'm going back to Mr. X. Once you understand Mr. X, he's not a problem. 
But there's other people who are like, no, that fucker's still scary. Well, um, actually, if you think about it in Metal Gear, uh, like in uh, MGSV, I guess there was, you know, there's the fight with Quiet where she was kind of like, you know, just sniping you a lot. But then also like there was the Skulls units like that. They yeah. were kind of uh, they were kind of stalkery. A little, but it was more like, you know, they were uh, an intimidating presence. Yeah. But yeah. they weren't like actively hunting you. In a sense, you know, like um, there was when, that one mission where they were sniping the shit out of you when you were approaching the yeah. like, cliffside. But once they see you, you know, the dynamic changes. It just goes into like an alert phase against a really tough yeah. enemy. It's not it's not you're being actively pursued at all times and you need to maintain constant situational awareness. True. Or you're going to yeah. get, a, you know, like a fist in your face if you open the wrong door, which yeah. is which is when Mr. X is the most effective when you don't remember that you're supposed to be watching for him and he you Which know is, you you walk oh. through a door and just wham and and generally when you're not or like when you're not thinking about him is when you're thinking about 12 other things and then right. you hear those stomps just like you heard when like your mom was coming home and you forgot to take the meat out the fridge yep like, <laughs> oh, same <shit>. feeling <laughs> and that would be interesting in a metal gear that is honestly um i know you said you thought that was what the man on fire was going to be I thought that was what the gecko were going to be in MGS4. Dude, I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, what about like the, the smaller unit Metal Gear type things? So, yep, Irving. Yeah, and, and you got it. I know I've talked about it before, but you get a taste of that right in the beginning, you know? Yep, mm -hmm. right in Act 1. And then another taste in Shadow Moses, and it's just, I wish they would have just taken that idea and ran with it and made that the central focus for the stealth in the game. Like, if you are... If, like no place to hide makes way more sense if you are being constantly hunted. Yeah. This man is fixing MGS4 in his head again, but no, that's actually a great idea. You could actually you could take advantage of um the bring more opportunities to bring out sort of that that uh SB like not that that sort of social engineering espionage yeah. where you're taking advantage of chaos. Exactly, yeah. And and this is where it wouldn't work in MGS five. Um, it again, it's just too wide open, too many areas that you can just you know bolt off in. You know, like Apache joked, get in the jeep and go. In MGS four, despite the fact that it's more open world ish, uh, it's still fairly confined. You know, yeah, it's that scale of environment would be perfect for a stalker type. Like it, you if you would have had Gecko hunting you. Uh, in in Eastern Europe, holy crap! Ooh, yeah, that, that would have been the great way to and, do that. And again, I'm, I'm so mad because like that was one of the things that got cut from the game. Not not necessarily yeah. that they were a stalker type, but like they had this whole mission where you have to escort Eva uh, to the river, and you Listen, have to the, the sewers, the right? The sewers, right? And there were going to be yeah. like gecko down there, and you had to like open floodgates and go up the manholes and down them, and you were like hopping between the two levels and. Avoiding, you're mm -hmm. like that sounds awesome. Why did yeah no no? Just uh, I'm so mad. I think we can just say that MGS4 is unfinished. I guess at this point, <laughs> just throw it in the trash. Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby? Look, I know we just got done talking about how we shouldn't trash <laughs> media, uh, because you know obviously there's a lot of work in, put into it. Not to say you shouldn't yeah. trash to be fair, media, but to be fair, you, you know, I think if there's anything that Kojima was like, fuck that towards, it may be MGS4. <laughs> <laughs> I I am trying not to be as overtly negative about stuff. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna have criticisms, I'm gonna have 
things that I like and don't like. And I want to I want to analyze them and figure out why they worked and don't work. But like overt negativity about it, just I don't know, for my own sake, I'm trying to tone it down. But I will say this. Um, if I had to summarize uh, the 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 breadth of why MGS4 frustrates me so much, it's because I can see the potential it had. And you're not mad. You're just disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pops. <laughs> you want to get in this Q and A? Yeah. A shit ton of those. I, I don't know how much you're cutting of this, but we are like one hour, and we have so many questions. Uh, and we also didn't get into like Halo Infinite, which there would have been a great segue there for the whole, you know, negative response to games and not understanding how games are made. Dude, I was trying, but we can we can tuck into that real quick if you want. I will say I haven't played it yet, though, so I don't. Oh, you haven't? No. Nope. Oh, dude, I actually have been like I've been playing like a couple of rounds a day, and that's why I don't think I've been like really mad about this whole battlefield progression thing and like just I don't know caring about battle pass type cosmetic shit i've just never it's it's really you're, bad you're playing the game but you're not like apache playing the game no it is it, it's, yeah it, there's <laughs> levels to it the, the progression system is really bad but it didn't make me like super mad it just made me think i don't really want to play this as much it wasn't it's, rewarding me enough for for playing it to where you know i didn't play as many games like I'll, I'll 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 play like four or five matches and then i'll be done for a couple of days with it the game the the, the actual game the the quality of the matches like um you know, th normal shooter things like how well do your bullets register when you fire at people? Because the Master Chief Collection had a huge problem with that in like Halo Three multiplayer. Um, it was terrible. Mm -hmm. It was really, really bad. This, this, this plays flawlessly. It loads really quick. It looks great. It's optimized. It'll run on yeah. most people's machines. Um, my worst criticism is the controller auto aim is so good that I've played on a mouse and keyboard my entire life. And I can play on a controller, no problem in that game. Oh, jeez! I have heard that like controller is the way to go too. <laughs> yeah. It locks the body, and then as you fire the gun, it moves to the head, so you can destroy oh, the shield no. and then headshot. Like, and you just got like the recoil happening. They got to get you, rid so of that. Like, yeah, it needs yeah. toning down for sure. Like for sure. Amos's. <laughs> what it's like bullet magnetism? Is that the is that the word people are using for it? I've I've always heard it as aim assist. Yeah, it, it's not aim assist. It's aim bot. It's aim. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's really Holy bad. Holy shit! Like if I, I I don't play. Sh I don't know though. Like I haven't I haven't felt that. I don't feel like I'm getting like complete assist, but there is a little bit of a stickiness to it. You know, like that's like Magnet, you gotta still aim. Yeah. Like it's not like it's not a Call of Duty campaign level where you squeeze aim down sight and it's like and like lock on. It's not that level at all. So it's but, like mechanically fundamentally sound, but oh, yeah. but the meta game needs work is what I'm hearing. Just sure, yeah. It's being tightened up, but but the, the one thing too, the game's not fucking out yet. Like it's still beta <laughs> until the eighth, I think. Okay, like, but like, but, oh, but let's I'm so dissatisfied with my okay. I like, know what okay. Nitro is gonna say. He's gonna say something like, "You can't change much in a beta," but I think these are things that are. You have to. There are there now. are small variables that can be adjusted. Sure. Have to Am I really now. getting that predictable? No, I that's because you're shit. because you're exactly right. That was exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, no, but almost that's, word that's, for word, what I was gonna say. We're the two assholes that work in like development. So <laughs> I figure. here's my uh, here's my Halo conspiracy theory. By the way, because I've been having a really easy time with the controller, and I I haven't really played shooters on a controller. I have been doing really well in games. You know, just using the controller, 
and other people haven't felt the exact same experience like fingers were saying it's not that bad i think it's really bad but i've got a first party elite 2 controller which the computer knows it's an elite 2 and maybe they make my auto aim better to make me think that buying this really expensive controller was worth it oh that's devious i have the xbox uh series x controller too so have you got the elite 2 the 160 it's like it's like two hundred dollars. No, 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 no. Just like the regular Xbox Series X controller. The the Elite Two has like onboard software where you can change every aspect of the controller and ah. stuff. It's like it's a first party thing and it's really expensive. I bought it to play Metal Gear Solid Three. <laughs> I knew it was gonna get to Metal Gear Solid Three at some point. <laughs> you wanna hit these Q and A, y'all? Yeah. Holy crap, yeah. we got a lot, and All they're right, really good. Oh, I know. We're gonna just take it in turns to answer them rather than us all answering each one. Or how about we do half? Because we're at like what? Yeah, we can do. Yeah, we don't have to do all of them. Yeah, we'll do half, and then all right. So um, if you don't hear it this time, check the next one. Yeah, it's not that we don't love you. It's just that we ramble too much. Actually, question Um, again on the on the next tweet because it helps engagement. If you missed, yeah, missed. (laughs) Yeah, tell us. Tell us we missed you. Yeah. We'll remember that um, it was missed and definitely answer it. Yeah. Uh, so the first question actually comes from a previous guest, Plywood, and he's asking, given the fairly warm reception of Unmetal, uh, shout out to Super Bunny Hop, who just released his review for that, within the MG community, how would you picture a 3D retro throwback similar to MGS1 MGS2 made by indie developers. Do you think that is too large of a task to undertake? And then somebody under him, Flash Medallion, suggested a game called Never Stop Sneaking, which I'm going to Google while also saying I did notice that trend of like low fidelity 3D games, and I'm kind of into it. Um, as far as the Metal Gear game, I'm not sure, but I'm linking out to you guys. It's actually on sale. There has been a lot of Metal Gear, I'm not like, I'm not saying this in like a bad way, but like Metal Gear ripoff games where it's like you can tell this is like that's exactly what they're going for. Um, yeah, and they're and they are 3D, and it's like you can't just do that. I think we were talking the other day, and I heard about that. It's like you can't just throw these, like, okay, it's it's a sneaking stealth game, there's containers everywhere, and my dude has a bandana. All right, cool, it's a Metal Gear game. It's like, no, it's a little. It's a little deeper than that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh. I, I thought I thought Unmetal was going into a trap like that, but it just it started with that and then was its own game. It didn't it didn't just like it. It was like oh, I'm a, we're a Metal Gear we're a Metal Gear ripoff, but then did its own thing outside of like the cheesy stuff. It I, I worry that these games are just trying to be Metal Gear or a 3D game that's trying to rip off Metal Gear Solid, it's trying to rip off Metal Gear Solid and cover all these, like, beats, like you say, but they're yeah, not really sure, the boxes, they're not really yeah. sure oh why God. they're doing it. And, um, I, you know, I, I, I really want to play another 3D Metal Gear Solid game, so I really hope someone gets it right soon. Yeah, yeah. It, would, it would be great if someone was working on something like that. Yeah, wouldn't it be cool? Yeah. All right, uh, next <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> What's all right? We got uh, from Johnny Flores Jr. He says, uh, "What's everyone's personal favorite Metal Gear game in the series, and why? Whether it be from a graphic standpoint, control, or storyline." I'm gonna go real quick. Uh, OG Metal Gear Solid PlayStation 1998. Uh, no more questions. 
Uh, for the story, I, I, I like the story of Metal Gear Solid 2 best. It's the one I think about all the time. It's the one I want to rewatch the cutscenes of. It's the one I probably, you know, I, in fact, not probably, I don't fully understand it. And every time I replay it, I see something new in the story that I didn't notice before. I think I'll enjoy it for the rest of my life. The gameplay, Metal Gear Solid 3. I mean, I've played it every day for the last two years. It's pretty obvious that I like it. Nitro, you next. I'll be quick because everybody knows what I'm already going to say. Uh, as if it wasn't obvious that Metal Gear Solid 2 is my favorite game in the series. But uh, to to summarize why, uh, I've said this before, but I really think that even the worst Metal Gear games are better than most other games. And they've they've all just been uh, incredible experiences in, in one way or another, even when I didn't like them that much. Um, which is a weird statement. I get that. Uh, but MGS2 took it to a uh, a different place than the other games. It, 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 it intentionally or unintentionally tried to be something greater than just a video game. Uh, and it opened me up to a, a lot of new ideas and new media and... Um, God, I could fill a podcast episode talking about why I love Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, Dude, it needs to balance off your why I hate Metal Gear Solid 4 episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do that one day and fight about it. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, Dave, do <laughs> you want to go ahead? Yeah, I think, you know, from sort of a holistic perspective, I think Metal Gear Solid 2 is my favorite. Um, just the overall experience from being hyped about it, to being shocked by it, to being thrown in sort of the the what I like to call the tumble dry of the plant experience. Um, you know, it was just like, it, it was so profound. Even as a kid, I knew this was something special, even though I didn't understand it. But like, if you were to sit me down and I was like, you know, let's go through a Metal Gear game today. I'd probably say like Metal Gear Solid 1, you know, it's just the type of thing I just, I'm not on a pot patchy level. But I just like to pick it up and play through it, and it just—it's like chicken noodle soup for my soul. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's one thing. Real, you know, I, I was said no request. I was just fucking around. Like it, it's uh it's definitely the game that like it got me into Metal Gear. Like I played the one on you know on NES first, but then like when I played Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation One, I was like, okay, hold on. Like it, it really made me what was a that? fan of this series, and and started yeah, like this game like stood out from all the others that were coming out at the time. So. Uh, it's it's the thing that really got me into it at that point, you know. To piggyback off of that, I know we're kind of going down a rabbit hole, but th- that feeling you got of Metal Gear Solid 1 compared to every other game is how I feel about Metal Gear Solid 2 compared to every other Metal Gear. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid 2, okay, Metal Gear Solid 1 is like my grandma's chicken noodle soup. Like, it yeah. just hits the spot. I can go yeah. get it every time. Or, I don't know, like, her mashed potatoes, whatever. Um, Metal Gear Solid 2 is, like, the first time I try, like, sushi. Like, I'm befuddled, yeah. but it's, like, <laughs> the yeah. shit rocks. And holistic is such a great word for it, too, uh, when you said that. Mm-hmm. Because that's 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 what I think makes it stand out, or at least part yeah. of what makes it stand out, is that everything is so tightly married to every other element they they all very clearly belong together there's no discord except when they want there to be Mm -hmm. uh it's it's just very perfectly realized uh aesthetically 
and it's really like the core foundation of like the gameplay experience. And like, if you look, you know, if you go back and look at like Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake, it's like, you know, they were even doing it back then pretty much. Oh, yeah. But it, you know, that, so that's, you know, that is why I answered like the OG trilogy for me. That that was like, it's just like, these are all the things that really resonated with me. It was like these gameplay mechanics, this tight story, the cool, fun characters, the interesting boss fights. Like, this is why I like video games. Ironically, and we'll move on after this comment, but another game I sort of felt like that for a period of time was Ground Zeroes. Like, yeah. I could just pick it up and just, like, do the mission and do it a different way and just kind of enjoy myself. But that's neither here nor there. Um, okay. <laughs> I want to say this one because this is my dude. Uh, Mario Kart Hero asked, what's your opinion on the X-Mate and MGS4 slash MGO2? <laughs> Shouts out to Prof. <laughs> It's a good gun. It, uh, it looks cool. Yeah, it's a little OP. It's, uh, it's no M4. Just kidding. I don't play the meta in that game. I don't play that game very much at all anymore. <laughs> Are we talking XM8 or Johnny's XM8? He's talking about knowing Mario Kart. He's probably talking mostly about the MGO XM8. Mm, because, well, I mean, you can play as Johnny. You get his XM8. And there, and there are balance differences between it and the, and the standard. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, I've never I've, I think I've maybe seen Johnny be played there once. But again, I have a very limited experience. I can't remember what the differences are. I just remember that whenever I had the XM8, I tended to do better, <laughs> <laughs> which probably means it's overpowered. I, 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 I never I know this is slightly off topic, but I, I was never around for the I never I never played MGO. I never played the original yeah, MGO either. Why on earth didn't that come out with the HD collection? Is doing the doing in network infrastructure? They they didn't feel that the cost of updating that game and its infrastructure would give the right amount of return. Yeah, Such I mean they were shame. still running Peace Walker servers at that point too. Oh so. shame. I agree. I loved MGO one. It's a blast. It's 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 broken. And not entirely realized, but it's a lot of fun. By this point, you would have the most insane meta in the game. Like, whatever the meta was at the time when it came out, it would be so different now. I'm not even sure it's sophisticated enough to develop a meta. If I'm being honest. Antonio asks, Can we have a Metal Gear fandom meetup watch party for the movie like the Resident Evil YouTubers did recently for the new Resident Evil movie? Uh, with some choice debates afterwards. Is uh, Oscar Isaac going to be there? Hmm. They better invite us to the fucking premiere of this thing. I would. <laughs> we started We started out our podcast talking about this movie. Yeah, I would love to, to be able to go. Um, I would love to at least go with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if we can't get to the premiere, we should at least find a way to go to the movie together. Um, that would be fun. And then we could... I don't know, live stream us talking about it after at yes, like a bar I'll, or something. I, I will. I will. I will come for that. Um, it's kind of far for man, me, but I'll come. Man, you know, <laughs> I, don't, pod. I don't know if going to a premiere would be a good idea. I'm sure the three of you would handle yourselves like professionals. But if oh I God, saw no anything way. in that movie that I did I not would... like. Nitro would storm out. Yeah. To the fucking movie theater. <laughs> I would have I, like they they always do the courtesy. So what did you think of the movie with the mic at the end of the premiere? And I would just 
I would not be able to handle that. (laughs) (laughs) I would, uh, I'm a little too honest for that. I'm sorry, Jordan. I hope you, I I hope your movie's good. So I don't have to be mean. (laughs) I I, I think I'd be, I think I'd be fine. I'd be like, yeah, I think, I think it was a great movie. I really enjoyed the way he handled the Archon pissing himself soon. But was I want to know if the piss was CG or not? <laughs> oh my God. I have so many Did they questions. use practical effects? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> method acting. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, I think that would be fun if we could all get together. I think it's going to be the hardest for Apache unless the three of us fly to the UK. <laughs> no, it'd be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll it'd be fine. I'll we ha- it's almost as if we have fans funding us so that we can do hey. shit like that. Yeah, we do have that Patreon over there. We've got the live listens. You know. Yeah, that's check out our stuff. Start saving up now because that's going to be a. Whew. On um, the topic of the movie, uh, let's see. Shadowman Live asks, uh, "This one is about the MGS movie. Do you think if they do a mash between multiple games like RE Welcome to Raccoon City, did would it be successful? Was it successful in Welcome please, to Raccoon no, City? No spoilers, please. I, it doesn't what? come out until Friday. I've got tickets to see what? it. It doesn't come out until Friday. I haven't Friday. seen it. Look, I haven't seen uh, it. I haven't seen it. I just, I just, I just hate that know. they combined. Can, can one I jump and two. in here? Can I? Just- <laughs> Go. Can, can I jump in here? Okay, I, I don't know what's I don't know what's up with the new Resident Evil movie, but my but I have a question about this question, which is what's the real question here? Will it be successful or will it be good? <clears throat> yeah. Be well, commercially successful. Yeah, I guess that's that's one thing. But will it be actually enjoyable for us? I don't know. I we've all got different expectations of this. Like the Resident Evil movie, it looks like they're they're making some choices and they're they are trying to like pick apart some parts from each game and stuff and combine it. I think that is the direction the Metal Gear movie will probably go. It'll probably have some scenes from like some different eras, even if it's mainly focused in like say Shadow Moses, yeah. it might reference oh some shit that happened a while ago. No, you're just making me think of like how Red Letter Media has been talking about like like directors these days putting reverence on like every little detail of an old film even if it was just like an act of improv yeah or like a like a very quick creative choice and now i'm wondering like what that's going to be in the metal gear if i'm reading jordan right and it's hard to do because he plays his creative decisions very close to the chest especially with regards to metal gear i mean there's only so much you can you can openly talk about of course but it seems that it is going to be some sort of a mashup in that way, uh, not necessarily a mashup of multiple stories taking place either in parallel or or sequentially, but but you know how I, I've said this before, but like the Ghost in the Shell movie where they kind of took like three different plots yeah. from, from Ghost in the Shell and mashed them into one. The Metal Gear Solid mm. movie is likely going to be that, but in a meta sense where it's aware that it's a mess, uh, like it's a mashup, you know? Yeah, like it. that's what seems to be the gimmick here. That's that's my read on it. I don't I don't know, but like this, I, I like I was following his like how he was talking about it, and I'm trying to like piece together what I think he's doing, and I think that's what he's doing. I love the Ghost in the Shell live action movie. Um, 
I mean, <laughs> uh, look guys, we're at day. one hour and twenty two minutes. God. <laughs> well, Don't get us started. Okay, Don't okay. Can started. I just say one other thing? I this mean, is also something that happened in the podcast Nitro was in. They were like, "We gotta go," and then they talked for like ten more minutes. Yeah, it never ended. I mean, just on what you said, days. Uh, I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife with the kids, and uh, I know we've talked about it a little bit. And I don't want to to go on and on about it, even though I very clearly could. Um, but it it's definitely that issue of of the of the somewhat inappropriate reverence for things. You know, mm-hmm. my my kids loved it. I mean, they had a blast. They they you know it it succeeded at what it was trying to do, which is to it, yeah, that's what matters. It entertains your kids. Hopefully, yeah. For the tickets. But it's just but it's just some like amalgamation of everything Ghostbusters over the years no, kind of like no, I know I know what you're talking about and it's pretty fucked up I think in yeah. a way they sold they sold toys on that platform I saw don't you think I that's kind of weird oh, oh my god yeah it, I saw that the other day that they made toys of of a part of the movie that should absolutely not have toys Duh, and but- I just I can't talk about it in detail without spoiling the movie but it's so think about that in the context of like metal gear like little moments that and it, it's kind of it's kind of a hard exercise in a sense that i think kojima does put reverence in little details which is why we like him but think about the stuff that was a little like the little offhand wacky stuff that kojima did as an easter egg and now imagine a film director like making yeah. a whole ass like emotional plot point yeah, I mean MGS four to its now. MGS four to its credit did that in a self aware way, where it was sort of like it was aware of your reverence for all these little things in Metal Gear Solid. But Metal Gear the, Solid four felt like I'm sorry for interrupting. Metal Gear Solid four felt like like revering like like a disturbing reverence of like a corpse. Yes, way. yeah, it was criticizing your reverence for it. That was what the game was. And 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 I wish it would have landed better because that's actually a really interesting angle to cover. Like just to to, to say you have elevated all of these elements uh, of of this thing to uh, a ridiculous degree. Um, it God, uh, I know we're, we're like getting so far off track here and most of this is probably going to get cut anyway. But but yeah, it was it was looking at sort of that phenomenon in advance of that phenomenon and going, this is kind of weird, you know. I just felt like the Ghostbusters movie was an apology for the last Ghostbusters movie. (laughs) I mean, it's it's weird that you say that because I mean. Look, this is much more of an actual movie than the 2016 one was. Um. And it's it's strange because they're like, you know how how every action has an equal yet opposite reaction, right? Yep. These movies are like equal yet opposite types of awful. <laughs> yeah. And I, I liked it. I I enjoyed it. Um I mean, yeah. It's like fan service versus I, I, like just bad plot. It depends I, I, I on your relationship with Ghostbusters. Oh, I, you know, I, 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 think, yeah. I think Ghostbusters okay. is a fucking hilarious film. I enjoy it. I yeah. just, I'm just not like building the car and I, stuff, you know? 
I guess that's not a fair way of putting it, because I did like Afterlife. I had a good time. It's just there were parts of it that really weirded me out as someone who just looks at the original and goes, yeah, it's a funny comedy. Do you think if Metal Gear Solid 4 had more of that, like, Ghostbusters charm with its cynicism, like a little more comedy, like like people buying like big boss action figures and <laughs> then funding and then Eva funding the fucking her fucking like military group with that. I don't know. I feel like little shit like that would have if it was more cute. cynical. Yeah, I think it would have been better because MGS4 it rides that line between criticizing it's the reverence of the series and being too reverent of itself, you know, like its head def- definitely kind of goes up its own ass a bit. Um, and if it was more tongue in cheek, like, OK, I I've, I've heard people talk about like MGS4 in Japanese uh, has a very different tone than than the American dub for it. I don't know if you can, you can't really call it a dub, I guess. But yeah, I, I know that too. I listened to it on a podcast. Oh, way. yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I'll, God, I'm just, I know I'm going off and off here and I really don't want to go on at length, but um, I wonder like how differently that game landed in Japanese than it did here. Uh, people love that game and like genuinely think it's like this really heartfelt conclusion and it wraps up all the plot points and it just it, you know, I cried at this part. And like it, there's a part of me that like looks at that game and is like, first off, how could any part of this make you cry? Um, and second off, a lot of this seems tongue in cheek because of how ridiculous it is. But I'm but because of the tone that it sets and, and sticks with, it's hard to tell how much of that interpretation of it being tongue in cheek is is accurate, you know? So if it had like if it like if that was the intent, it needed to tip its hat a bit more, you know. I can accept that. I'm I'm sorry. What I'm what, sorry. what are you gonna do if the director <laughs> like you know he doesn't he doesn't doesn't do his due diligence and then the night before he yes he he's, he's got to turn in the script or whatever he just watches like Super Bunny Hop's uh, MGS2 video and then just makes the film <laughs> about that. Look, man. Here's the thing. I, I, I want the Metal Gear Solid movie to be good. I'm going to go in with an open mind. I'm going to hope for the best. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go in with any like preconceived opinion about it. I'm just going to watch it for what it is. M- Metal Gear is is part of the DNA of Metal Gear is misleading marketing. You never know when it starts. And if 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 Vote Roberts is trying to follow that ethos to the letter, then we're already in the middle of the game. Right. Yeah. Um. But that said, I have come to a point where I just I have accepted that it is unlikely that anything Metal Gear that comes out from this point forward will ever satisfy me again. (laughs) (laughs) I've 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 resigned to that fact. It's it's okay. It's it's let it let it be. Yeah, we're definitely like all out here, like desperate for new Metal Gear games and def- desperate for like new Metal Gear content and stuff. But I don't know. It's 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 a hard. Uh, it's a hard target to hit. Someone said to me once, like, I, I hope it's really good or really bad. It's like if it's just flat and it just kind of <laughs> sucks, then it's it, that's that's kind of lame. But if it's really yeah. bad, at least it'll be yeah. funny. Um, I think people said that about like the Ghostbusters. That was the most disappointing part about the 2016 Ghostbusters film. Like it was just mid. Like everybody's yeah. arguing about this mid film. 
yeah it it didn't deserve the 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 fervor and 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 outrage surrounding it i felt that way about last of us too i was like yeah this game is mid why is everybody arguing because because you got because yeah i don't know everybody i I feel bad for them yeah everybody likes a football game it's it's (laughs) team sports whatever i don't know i just is solid snake gonna look in the camera and say i'm solid snake bitch and then the huge explosion. Like, <laughs> is it going to have like Joss Whedon dialogue? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Christmas came early, motherfucker. Yeah. I kind of hope that's in it. <laughs> it just you know, walks into like, you think about the armory from Metal Gear Solid 1, but it's like more like a scene from The Matrix where he's just killing hundreds of guards. Will it be inspired by the Raymond Benson novels? Yeah. Oh <laughs> Raymond Benson brought in as a fucking special the consultant consultant on the film yeah <laughs> please please no please no <laughs>